Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicola Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Roddenverse series. Hello everyone and welcome to The Best Damn Camp, a Roddenverse read-along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Rodden in timeline order. I'm your friendly neighbourhood lesbian author and host, Fran. Welcome to the show. Today we are continuing our timeline journey with the House of Hades section entitled Everyone Gets a Saviour, which is from pages 96 to 156. As always, I have my points to focus on, so today we've got characters, fight scenes, and generally what I thought of it. So let's dive in. Before we do get ahead of that, I just want to remind everyone that if you would like to support me, consider checking out my Patreon at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran, or buying my series of books, which are just two novels uh, for the Into the Wild series, Home to the Wild, and Way of the Wild, linked in the episode show notes. Just saying because... I need money and hopefully it will also go towards making this podcast better in many other ways. So uh, yes, please consider supporting. So I have to put the the promo in. So uh, let's dive in now so you don't have to hear any (laughs) more. So here is the overview for today's section. It includes POVs from Annabeth and Frank. Annabeth and Percy are not having a good time. They're in Tartarus, so it's not surprising, but still. They're drinking fire, following vampire cheerleaders, and having to climb down a terrifying cliff and cross a monster birthing ground. Of course, no matter how hard that was, they still end up getting caught by the vampires and nearly die in the process, before Bob the Titan arrives. We return to the mortal world with Frank in crisis due to his dad's fighting in his head, Leo's bullying, and just generally feeling looseless. I said looseless instead of useless. <laughs> and that's because, and that's before they see the weird cow monsters. Well, I can't say words. It's really hot in the UK at the moment. <laughs> and that's before they see the weird cow monsters across Venice. Heading down with Hazel and Nico, they work their way through Venice to try and find the owner of the book and the answers to enter House of Hades. Of course, the cow monsters end up a little less passive than they think when they go on the attack when Hazel accidentally steps on their food source. With Hazel down, the two boys make their way into a man's house who, when he turns Nico into a plant, turns out to be the god they were looking for. And like most gods, he won't help our trio without something in return. A python, to be exact. So Frank heads out and, with his dad's connection to snakes, he must do a great act to receive a gift and this act is destroying every cow monster in venice he is horrified by what he's done but it worked and he managed to save his friends and receive the gift that'll help them through the house barley with a hint of poison 
and that's the overview for this section. Yes, it was a, it was a, it was a lot. It was like nearly a hundred pages. Okay, not nearly. It's like eighty pages. But uh, yes, <laughs> lots to talk about. Um, and what will surprise no one? I specifically mainly want to talk about Frank because Frank is um one of my favorite characters. He is deeply underappreciated, and I think he deserves more love. So to talk about characters. We are talking about Frank, because Frank is so interesting in this book and series in general, without getting the attention he deserves for it. In this section specifically, he is doing the most. He is doing many things, whilst also having the worst time, because just like Athena in Mark of Athena, his mind is split between the Ares and Mars side. He's got both voices of the two different forms of his dad in his voice, arguing and venting and driving him mad and causing him problems with concentration, pain, migraines, all this sort of stuff. So he's starting to feel like he's not able to contribute because this is going on everywhere and all the time. And yet he's still working to try and be the new Annabeth, seeing as he's the only military guy left who can help with strategy. He's just got to fight against his fathers to do it. And unfortunately, he's not on the winning side so far. I will say also, alongside all this stuff here going on where it's just chaos with his fathers in his mind, then eventually using them to his advantage to a degree, Frank is just going through it. And he's acknowledging the fact that he is going through it, but then also kind of not. And it's just... So he knows that Leo is being unkind and like he's like Leo is actually the majority of the reason it seems that he's got his two fathers in his mind going at him because Leo is the one who fired on the camp even though he wasn't in his right mind and he's also relentlessly bullying Frank from saying he's less than everyone else in terms of bounty throwing away all of his clothes you know just continuous things happening here that it's no wonder that Frank's fathers are going off on it. But Frank is starting to believe it, and it kind of makes me really sad. Because he's thinking, yeah, no, I am the least valuable player right now. I'm not helpful. I've not done anything to help except fly people places. And it just makes me sad, because, no, don't listen to Leo. Leo's an idiot. <sighs> this back on me, back on my Leo hate train. <laughs> but... It just, it's, it's disappointing. Well, it's not disappointing. It's sad that that's where he is. And instead of dealing with Leo being a bully, Rick kind of deals with this in the worst way by being like, hey, this is make him buff. That'll solve everything. <sighs> God. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Frank is just, Frank is, Frank is the real MVP in this section, really. Um, of course, it ends not fun for the MVP, uh, not that it's ever really addressed. The only things that are slightly negative in relation to Frank in this section is him kind of being a bit mean about Nico, saying he's a bit creepy when he sneaks up, which, I mean, he kind of wasn't wrong. Nico just suddenly appeared beside him. Anyone would get surprised and a bit jumpy about that. But he does try. I would say that is one thing I will say he does try. He tries to bond with Nico. He asks him questions. Does Nico work with it? No, because he's a shy, awkward, emo kid. But, you know, Frank is not as bad as the others. 
he's still not great with Nico and people need to be nicer to me to Nico but uh he's definitely not the worst one it's it's a low bar but you know it's a bar <laughs> uh but you know to go back to the thing I mentioned about the body transformation small warning here because I'll be talking about body image and things like that but that is probably the thing that I hate most about Frank's character well Rick's writing in terms of Frank's character because why did Rick think this was a good idea why why is making someone tall and losing their you know chubbiness framed in such a good way it's like this is a gift from Ares for doing such a good job alongside the python like and and for murder like he's been given this body for murder basically it's so messed up like this section could have all about it could have all been about frank you know stepping up believing in himself saving his friends proving to himself that he is a valuable player of the team and that he doesn't you know he's not the least valuable that he has skills and abilities that he can use and strategy like he was so strategic in all of this which i'll talk about in the fight scene section but instead we have all of that stuff that's then completely undercut by rick making him tall and buff and having hazel compliment him be like wow you look amazing like oh my god that's not going to help anyone's body image issues is it as someone who's currently having some of those at the moment (laughs) but it's just it was it's one of those things that is just it's very 2010s and it's also very nice it's very like it's that whole thing of just like hey the makeover like take off the glasses lose some weight like all like that vibes and it's just really uncomfortable to read now um it's always been uncomfortable even when i was reading the series originally but like looking back on it now from an older perspective and with more hindsight it's just it was just completely unnecessary and just really undoes frank's whole arc in this section really because well, he hated what he did in general, which, you know, he did, he attacked monsters. It was like, it was not nice. Although they seem to not be the most friendly of creatures anyway. But he did all that, gained a prize, and then got buff. He's not kind of really evaluated or reevaluated his skills and abilities, which is something that should have been the main priority for this section. But didn't happen. It's just it's disappointing but that's just how it is so anyway let's move on to fight scenes now i do mostly want to talk about frank's fight scene because i think that was the best one but i do want to talk about annabeth and percy's fight scene with the impuza because it was so bad not in terms of writing but the fact that they did so badly that it was interesting to me because the majority of that fight scene was more strategic mind fighting, which I know most people probably don't count as an actual fight scene, but I do because I think it's cool. But Annabeth and Percy trying to manipulate the Impuza into leaving them alone and all this sort of stuff was so smart. I just love seeing them being quick-witted, but also the fact that they are not as fast or as skilled, and you know, Annabeth's without a weapon in general. 
but they are using the skills that they do have but they are exhausted they are malnourished they are just not doing great so it makes sense they would not be skilled whatsoever did i not like the fact that percy focused more on protecting annabeth which is which kind of gives the justification of like oh this is why he was not doing that well because he was focusing on annabeth i'm like no no, no. make them both be shit make like <laughs> focus on the fact that they are so exhausted that their usual skills in fighting dwindle so quickly and yeah, when Bob comes in, it's like, it's this huge thing of just, oh, thank God, they're, they're safe. But I did like the gut punch after gut punch sort of weighty moment there of the fact that they were fighting for their lives and losing. It's just, it was, it was weighty and I loved it, which sounds really sadistic <laughs> that I liked that they were losing. I don't mean like that. I just like the drama at all. Um, which, yeah, I know, I just, I like drama. Uh, for Frank's fight scenes, though, that was, like I said, that was probably the best one because the rushness of it all, because it goes so, it's moving so quick whilst he's physically fighting. Obviously, he's doing the strategy leading up to it of getting the monster cow's attention, driving them all into one place in Venice to get them all in one area to fight them all was really smart and we can see why he is the Annabeth of the group when Annabeth is not around. I do wish that was utilised more in the future of the series but uh, Frank is basically forgotten for the rest of the series until Trials of Apollo so you know that's just how it be. But the fact that he's using strategy, the fact that he is just so incredibly smart with these things and so insanely powerful. We have like a throwback reference to Clarice's Blessing of Ares where he's like glowing red whilst he's fighting but it's the fact that when he is fighting he's caught up in almost the rush of it all where he's slashing and shifting into different animals that to the point that he doesn't know when he's doing it it's just happening and that's terrifying to think about it's like giving Percy's moment when he's got the curse of Achilles on the bridge during the last battle the battle for Olympus or Manhattan, whatever it's called. <laughs> um, it was giving those vibes. It just felt intense and heavy to the point that when it ended and Frank's adrenaline passed, we came to the same realisation as Frank that, oh my God, he's destroyed every single monster in the whole of Venice. Like, that's scary to think about, and that is scary for Frank. And I do actually like as well that it was addressed by Mars that, you know, fear is important because yeah if you don't have fear that's a problem you need to be a, you need to feel fear that's why there's a whole batman villain about it you like scarecrow you need to feel fear anyway um <laughs> i just his fight was just really interesting i really enjoyed it this was a really good section um and i had a good time reading it i know i've not really told too much about the section with this beyond Frank's character and this episode has ended up being slower considering this is a big section but I just I just really enjoyed it I just really enjoy getting more Frank I know obviously we had Annabeth in this as well but that section was more kind of them wandering about and then the attack um that the main stuff comes in next episode so stay tuned for that but Seeing Frank in his element, minus the stupid body change aspect of it all, 
was just really fun. It was interesting. I liked seeing him be skilled and, you know, show off, like, his abilities. I just wish that the arc of it all stuck around instead of just making him buff for doing the murder. But, you know, that's just how it be sometimes. And we can't change the past. But if someone has a fanfic where this doesn't happen, please send it to me. Because I would love to read that. Because I don't like this. And speaking of not liking this, uh, I want to know for this week's question of the episode. Because I'm going to bring it back. Because it's happening now anyway. Um, and I like the three postgrades. <laughs> for this week's question of the episode, how did you all feel about Frank's buff transformation? Did you hate it? Did you love it? Let me know on the Instagram because I don't use Twitter anymore because Twitter sucks. Anyway, thank you all for joining me for this week's section. Be sure to join me next Wednesday as we continue our Royal Worst journey. Or subscribe on Patreon for early access to all of these episodes. Thank you all. Bye. If you would like to support this podcast, you can head over to patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran to get early access to all Best Damn Camp episodes. If you would like to get involved over on social media, you can find me over at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can listen to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts, from Spotify to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Deezer and anything in between. Be sure to leave a rating and a review as well if you can. Want to know more about my upcoming writing? Drop me a follow at a dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Thank you all for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter. And I'll see, shall I speak to you guys next time. Bye.